Just want to say a few things before we get started here. I just want to remind everybody that the theme of this week's episode ties into last week's episode, so if you haven't heard that one yet, please go back and give that a listen, or even just go ahead and play it again to give yourself a little refresher. Um, and I also want to thank Chloe Mixovic for her editorial help in making these last few episodes as good as they could be. So thank you, Chloe. Here is the show. I don't know. I think just what I took from it is people are trying to do right by, you know, what they think is is the right thing to do. And that really, to me, leads into our next story and kind of what that's all about. This, okay. So This story threw me through a loop. Let me tell you. Welcome to Secondhand Stories. I'm your host, Jim Zabo. And I'm your host, Colleen Stewart. So... This story threw me through a loop. Let me tell you. Yeah, what kind of loop did it throw you for? I'm I curious. did not know what was going on at all. I was like, this is crazy. This girl is trying to save these octo- octopi? Octopuses? Mm-hmm. Yep. Weird word to have to say in plural. Mm-hmm. So yeah, next up we'll play Three Hearts by Melissa Palmer. We'll let Melissa tell the story. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi, I'm Melissa Palmer, and this is my story, Three Hearts. Just before sunrise was her favorite time. Those small hours when the light bounced off the tanks like fireflies that hovered, then danced on the surface of the water. Soon visitors would flood the halls with chatter, but for now she had the whole marine center to herself. She cleaned off the displays so they sparkled before the guests arrived, filled feed buckets, vacuumed the entryway, and all before she got to the best part. Good morning, Paolo! He looked up at her with one large, sleepy eye, the other concealed by tentacles wrapped tightly around him. Curled up as he'd been, he looked more like a stone that had sunk to the bottom of his tank. Come on, you. It's not so bad. His eye drifted where it rested most of the time to the spot at the far end of the great lobby where they kept the girl of his dreams. She is beautiful. Bernie put a hand on the glass, and Paolo lifted one of his own in reply. He was the smartest creature she'd ever met, people included. More than thirty feet away, Demetria puffed herself out like a parachute, flaring her arms out like petticoats, opening her eyes wide, batting eyelashes only Paolo could see. He reached out with a slender tentacle that curved like a finger, beckoning his lady love to come hither. But she couldn't. She was stuck in a tank. Bernie let out a sigh so big she felt empty once it was gone. She traced the area above his head like she was giving him a scratch. You've got three hearts, and they're all broken. Bernie looked around the main lobby, conspiratorially. Certain they were alone, she assured her crestfallen friend. Soon. In order for the plan to work, there were more than a few moving parts to keep straight. For one, she needed to smuggle the lovers out one by one, unseen. Easy. Now that football season was coming to a close, Paolo's crowds had been dwindling. As for Demetria, getting her out would take some doing. Then there was that other thing. The security guard from hell. She'd have to think. Sometimes Bernie wished she were like her octopus friends. Maybe then she could balance more. A gloom hung over her on the drive home, the gray notion that nothing would be all right. She tossed her keys in the bowl next to the phone that was already ringing. 
Mom was right on time. Hi. No, no traffic. I'm fine. Because I like it there, Mom. I haven't slept through the night in years. The calls, like a song, became ingrained in her memory, so she barely had to listen anymore. The verses were about the girl who worked somewhere far beneath her abilities. The remix about the crappy apartment she should leave behind. Sometimes she changed it to include new houses Bernie could buy outright, but the chorus was always the same. I don't care how many marriages started on that site, Mom. Get your money back. Bernie knew her mother meant well, so she waited while she spun tales of princes and happy endings until it was time to end the conversation, like she did every evening before making dinner and going to bed. It's not for me. She had real problems to think about, and she fell asleep as had become habit, thinking of the biggest one. The security guard from hell. He's always watching. A week had passed. Seven nights of exploring every crack in the plan. Seven days watching the excruciating torment left between two lovers who can't be together. In that stretch, Bernie had acquired two holding tanks for the transfer, one heavy lid for Paolo's, a large net, and bubbler for the journey. In a magnificent slip, the world's greatest security guard said a little too loudly that the cameras in storage were acting up. He might as well have handed them over himself. Paolo! It's almost time. She whispered next to the glass, hoping her brooding friend would understand. A celebrity now, Paolo was a king among cephalopods, known not only for uncannily picking winners of every football game this season, but for escaping his tank not once, not twice, but thirteen times since captivity. Each escapade ended when he was found at the base of Demetria's tank. This last move across the aquarium had been an impossible challenge for him. The final blow to his heart. Adding to this insult, Demetria's tube had been decorated recently with flowers and hearts to match the rest of the marine center. Pella had taken to sulking and tossing rocks at visitors from the bottom of his tank. Play nice, okay? The last thing she wanted was for her friend to raise suspicion. The Super Bowl was coming. It was Paolo's time to shine. You think he'll pick the Steelers? The voice startled her, and had she not been crouching low, she would have jumped. Instead, Bernie popped up like a meerkat on alert. What? He was looming as usual. The security guard from hell never missed rounds. A check, a beat, ever. He had a long, dark spot on his arm where he'd covered up a large tattoo. What could have been a mermaid or anchor was now a sheath of black ink that crawled up his forearm. His yes-ma'ams and postures gave away a past military life long before his pressed uniforms did. But if she didn't know better, she may have mistook him for an ex-bad boy trying to make good for a sordid past. Not that she'd judge. He spoke so softly most of the time, she could barely hear him. And when he repeated his question, she shrugged, a gesture that left him standing silent, taking in the room around them. He scanned constantly, naturally, like a predator. And when his eyes stopped on Demetria, they quickly fell back to Bernie, like there was something he'd forgotten there. You, uh, have a good day now. He turned on his heel and was off into the depths of the touch tank hall before she could respond. It was his way of telling her she was on the radar. He didn't say a word for days, but he was the type that didn't have to. 
He'd circle, then dip out of sight. It was hard to breathe with him there, but even worse knowing he was watching from somewhere she couldn't see. It wasn't until the weekend that he surfaced again. The low voice sent a chilling wave of panic through her. What are you up to? Bernie was dusting off the filter cover beneath Demetria's tank, looking for the best way in, with no luck. Her voice was shrill and as tight as the knot in the back of her throat. Cleaning up, nice and clean. Clean all the tanks, make things clean. He stood quietly for a minute that felt like forty years. Then he scanned in that way that made her hands go cold, until finally looking over her shoulder at the giant Pacific octopus, where he stood as if locked in place. He opened his mouth, and she braced herself for the worst. What are you doing? His eyes blinked once. This weekend. He knew! He peered up at the tube that grew out of the floor and reached for the ceiling. Sunday, maybe? Do you have... She could fit a lifetime in the pause that followed. Bernie couldn't thrash in terror, so instead she bit the inside of her lip, trying not to scream as his eyes leveled on her coolly. Plans? No! Yes, I mean, of, of course I have plans. I'm working. He moved his upper lip like he was sharpening his teeth. I'm working, too. I have to! She tried to think on her feet. The best she could do was run. Go! She didn't look back, even when she could feel him watching. She flew through the rest of her work like she had blinders on, slowing only to pick up a stray decoration that had fallen at her feet. She fastened the pink envelope to the wall, taking only a second to smile at how much it looked like a real valentine. A few feet away, she found a brochure from the old days of the Marine Center, back when Demetria's tube was used for scuba demonstrations on the fourth floor and the room now used for preschool groups. That room was always left open now. Time had run out, but luck might be on her side. Moving the plan to tomorrow, Paolo, she assured. Get ready. Her sleep was thick and dreamless, heavier than she'd experienced and as long as she could remember, and she woke like something had stung her. She arrived at 4 a.m., but unlike every other morning, she wasn't alone. Another car, a silver coupe, stuck out in the empty lot like a fin. Worrying about the guard was no option. For now, she had two things to unload before they started stinking to high hell and a pair of lovers to set free. She started with her friend, who waited at the top of his tank like he was ready to go. Making the switch was simple in her head, but the package she brought from the whole grocer was dripping and smellier than it had been in her plan. Cold tentacles popped out of the paper. Paolo looked up from the bucket where he hid, betrayal burning in his eyes. I'm sorry. It was the only way. The limp octopus slid into the water with a lifeless plop. I know it doesn't look anything like you. It was the best I could do. She felt like she should say a quiet prayer, but didn't have time. Even when Paolo was safely stowed in the holding tank in the back of her car, there was still Demetria to deal with, and she was just as good as locked away in a tower. Only she wasn't guarded by a fire-breathing dragon. That would have been simple. The Marine Center was still the kind of quiet that made its own kind of noise. It buzzed in Bernie's ear like static that made the hairs on her arms stand up on end. The security guard from hell could be anywhere, ready to strike. Demetria bobbed at the bottom of her tube, 
then floated like she was on an invisible elevator, before drifting down again to the pebbles and rocks on the tank's floor. This was the octopus equivalent of nervous pacing, a maneuver Bernie knew too well. There was no sign of him on two. He wasn't among the turtles or rays, nor was he on three with the frogs and horseshoe crabs. All she had to do was get to 4B, slip open the hidden hatch in the wall, and make the switch without being seen. The decoy was dripping from where it hid, the dull ooze creeping down her skin like cold slime she tried not to acknowledge. She worked the handle on the hidden door as feverishly as anyone stowing a dead octopus in their sweatshirt might, letting out an audible sigh she instantly regretted when the latch gave way. It was too late to look back now. Demetria, she whispered down into the water until she saw her bloom up from below like a flower growing in the water. Here you go. She plunked her into the bucket quietly, then screamed as she turned for the door. <coughs> I didn't mean to startle you. What? He stood like a boulder blocking the way. Did you, uh, know there are cameras up here? I didn't? She held the bucket steady behind her, pretending to admire a picture of a seahorse on the wall. I was just cleaning up. Demetrius Tube. Clean, clean, clean. You know. Sometimes they're on the fritz. Like the ones in storage? Not sure if they are today. Her heart beat so hard it hurt. The air seemed to run out in the small room. I, uh... Like your gray streak. My... She reached up to the thick strand of silvery hair hanging across her forehead and tucked it behind her ear. Pardon? His voice was a low rumble, more suited for a tummy than a beast. It makes you look like, uh... Like a superhero. She didn't know what to say, and she didn't have to. He turned on his heel and walked away, scanning the rest of the floor, for some rule that had been broken. Somehow, she pulled it off. In the back of the car, Demetria and Paolo sat cheek to cheek in their holding tanks, two thin walls of polyurethane between them. She could actually feel the light of love pouring off of them. It was blinding, really. It was beautiful. It was coming from her rearview mirror. Bernie floored the gas and wove like a spy through the winding road and down the hill to the beach. The guard from hell wasn't just onto her. He was on her tail. Hold on! She yanked the wheel and her little car lurched at the bottom of the hill where she left it running. She watched over her shoulder, running from the car to the water's edge with each tank until she was panting, but not tired enough to sacrifice a gentle touch with the lovers at hand. Bernie! Stop! The Hellguard bounded onto the beach, breathing heavy like he'd run to catch her in the act. Yet his voice was soft and calm. The light caught his hair, much longer looking without that security hat on, flaring out where he'd pulled it back like tendrils. She wouldn't stop. She struggled to move Demetria's tank, and his voice like a roar called out, Let me help you with that! She was paralyzed on the spot. His smile was like the rising sun as brilliant and warm as the soft chuckle that joined it. And for a second, the security guard from hell looked like an angel. Let me help you like I have for the past three weeks. What? The storage tanks? The brochure? This? He pulled the familiar pink heart from his pocket, still sealed in the envelope she'd hung up from the day before. This is for me? 
He shrugged a yes, and the air warmed around her. Thanks. She was drawn to him, but questioning. Cass. My name is Cass. He flared out his hand in a slow wave. It's nice to finally meet you, she heard herself say, as light filled in the space between them. Paolo and Demetria drifted toward the sun breaking over the sea. They were beautiful gliding through the water. Nothing to keep them apart or together but the joy of this moment. Two, floating as one, joined in the journey. Their tentacles lifted in a shape she recognized, barely touching in the water. His hand joined with hers as the heart broke the surface. Their fingers entwined. She knew it was going to be all right. Melissa Palmer is the author of Baking for Dave and other books. When she's not chasing her little humans, giant Newfoundlands, or superhero husband, she's concocting something, a story or baked thing. So we'll talk about this story specifically, and then we'll get into why I thought these two stories should be paired together. Um, I just want to say first, I want to be friends with Melissa, because she sounds like the type of person I want to be friends with. She yeah. likes to bake things, mm-hmm. and she's got giant fluffy dogs. Giant fluffy sounds dogs? like two things that I like. I, could... I have neither of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't have a baked item right now, which I would love. And I don't have a big fluffy dog, which I would also love. It's a sad so, night. So, Melissa, wherever you are, hit a sister up. I'm here. <laughs> here to I will dog sit, as long as you don't live in, like, Alaska. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, irrelevant. Yeah. So, uh, I love this story. Um, this, And I told Melissa this. I kind of felt like if you removed the dialogue and slapped some animation on this, you'd have a Disney Pixar short. Did oh you get that vibe God, too? Oh my God, you are so right. This I did not like, even think about that. I was like, this is like crazy. Like, I don't know how she even thought of something like this, but that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. You're so right. God, this is why you're the brains of the operation and I'm just here for <laughs> oh, just commentary it. purposes. Just, just <laughs> I don't it. get these things. Well, I think part of why I like what initially drew me to that conclusion and I stand by it no matter what, but... I kind of, I think I had just watched Finding Dory a couple, like a week or so before I read the story for the first time, and that has a, uh, a protagonist of an octopus who has like a strong personality, and so I don't know if I just like had that on the brain and. No, because she almost she does personify these octopi in a very humanistic way. I mean, she gives them these traits of she gives them a personality, even though exactly. obviously they don't talk, mm-hmm. but they definitely have personalities. And and I, I just, I just would love to know why octo, why, why octopi? I like, I, I don't know. I just, it was so, I don't, it, for lack of a better word, like random. But I think that's why I loved it. Mm-hmm. But I just want, I like have so many questions for her. I want to get Melissa on the show. We so I can ask her all these questions. <laughs> I mean, we could try that sometime. I think that would be kind of cool. I think that would be great because. Little so so many questions, so little answers, but you know. But then again, you have to go into the whole thing of like, do I really need to know the answer? Probably not. No, it's just like it's a good story. It is. It's got octopus. Take it for what it is. I don't have to keep asking questions. Yeah. Um, I love it. I also really like the personification of. I like had that written down as something to talk about. Like, Uh they just yeah, you did. You stole it. Stole my thunder. (laughs) Um. I also really liked uh, the security guard character and, like, the deception of the whole thing. 
Yeah. And I I don't know, so I'm a huge fan of Scrubs, the TV show Scrubs, and he just reminded oh, yeah, me and a you're lot. you're acting like I'm not. Oh, I didn't know that you were that big of a fan of that show. I knew I, mean, I was I, a super fan, but... But yeah, you're a bigger were. fan than me, but yeah. I love that show. It's that competition. Is a show. That yeah. is a cool... Yeah, now we're trying to do competition. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, anyway, um, I thought that he was... Show. I, like, got a janitor vibe from him a little bit, because, like, he doesn't have a name uh, for the whole thing. You are killing it tonight. Well, so, okay. You are killing it. Here's a little behind-the-scenes, listeners. I We do a little bit of editing of the stories here at Secondhand Stories. We don't try to edit for content very much, mostly just for fluency and, like, consistency. And so I was going clarity. through... Clarity. exactly. And I was going through Melissa's story, and I noticed it was, like, on... I don't know, the story's, like, nine pages long. She mentioned the security guard's name on, like, page two and didn't mentioned it again to like page eight and i was like that's kind of long i don't think anybody's gonna remember who who the person is so either you gotta sprinkle it in more often or just take it out completely and have it be kind of a surprise at the end like he's this mysterious guy she doesn't even know his name and she went with that option and i love it and yeah, no totally i think totally it really worked it. um so anyway it, it yeah. totally gave him the creeper vibe that's why i thought she was gonna get axed yeah all the time. It, it makes it that much more mysterious and then it makes the ending that much better Absolutely, I agree. Um, Good edit, Jim. Love that. Thank you. Uh, so, do you want to do you want to hear why? Do you have anything more to say about it? I, I don't. Cool. I just love it. That's it. And I, I love that. Wait, I do love the name. She picked some really good names she for did. this octopi. Bernie really, is the main character. Paolo and Demetria are the and octopi. Yeah, I really just hate the saying octopi. Yeah, it's a weird word. I hate it. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to say that. Well, anyway. Uh, so anyway, do you want to finally hear, do you have any guesses now why I paired the stories together? Hmm. Well, was it going back to what you said before about, like, trying to decide what's right to do, yeah. even though you're an adult? Yeah, you're like, so... Did I get it? Oh, pretty so... much. You you were, like, very close. I'd give you, I'd give you the A. You'd give me the A? I'd give you the A. But I, I would guy. still make some comments. Alright. Just to make sure that you get it. So, right. um, yeah, it's like... They're both trying to do, they're both about trying to do something for someone that you love. Um, and also, like, setting the ones you love free in a way. So, you know, um, Neve and Louisa were, in a way, trying to set Ingrid free. They were sending her to Valhalla. They were, you know, um, just trying to make sure that she had, like, for lack of a better word, like, the proper send-off. And um, Bernie in Three Hearts was trying to make sure that these two got together, but then she was also like secondary mission, trying to set them free to you know be who they are and do what they need to do, do what they want to do. The octopi. The octopi. I'm make myself say it now, so I get used to it. Yeah. Do you kind of does does do you get that? I love bit? that. No, I you get like that? that. That absolutely makes sense. And and I, I I Jim, this is your episode. You are killing it because. That is a very, you would get an A in English class in college at my school. You would get an A because wow. that is a very detailed and thoughtful reading of this of these stories and how to connect them. Good work. A plus for you. Well, thank you. Winner. This is a winner, people. Cool. Yeah. All right. So anyway. let's, we'll wrap this up. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks to Rachel and Melissa for sending us their stories. Um, thanks to you for choosing to slow down and listen up with us. Hell yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, next week. See ya.